credits. There was a church that had a bell that no one could ring. One day a boy came and asked the priest if he could try. He went up to the tower and ran straight into the bell face first. The bell tolled loud and clear. The priest gave him the job. One Sunday, the boy ran straight toward the bell with his face and missed, so he fell off the church and died. Congregation, the priest said before the assembled masses, Does anyone know this boy's name? I don't know him, but his face rings a bell. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John coming together to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. Yes, we will and are talking about that. Yeah, we are. Yeah, and on this, the holiest day of all, Suddenness Day. Suddenness Day? Yeah. I thought it was Sober Sunday. Oh, it, it is Sober Sunday because we are not... Uh, drinking beer. There's no beer in the vicinity. Actually, there are three bottles in the fridge. There's no beer in the vicinity of the studio, and so we are going to withhold and withstain and keep ourselves clear heads. This is really hard. This yeah. is hard. We, uh, I mean, it, it's really important that we don't drink because number one, the sun's still out. Number two, it's Sunday, the day where drink is illegal. Uh, and I, I think that it's important that we take a step back from our craft beer revelry and just enjoy life. You know, Ram Dass be here now kind of shit. Yeah, we got a car from that diem instead of carpering those Suttums. Yeah, don't carpeting the Suttums. Carpe the diems. Do you know that uh, it's not actually pronounced carpe diem? Is it pronounced crap? No, it's actually pronounced carp. Dime. Carp dime. Grab them dimes and get them days. And dime days dim 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 D. You ever talk to people who get really specific uh, and uh, pedantic about Latin pronunciation? Only people who have attended private school ever do that. There are two kinds of people who do that. Those who have attended private school, not me. And those who have played Fallout New Vegas, me. <laughs> oh, you mean like... Uh, hail to Kaiser and yeah. stuff like that. Kaiser. Kaiser. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Winnie Witty Wiki. Instead of Venevitivici. Yeah. I like saying that because it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Winnie Witty Wiki. Winnie Witty Wiki. If you say Venevitivici, it sounds, uh, you Italian. Know, it sounds, yeah, good in Italian. But if you say Winnie Witty Wiki, it sounds, it's not even Wiki, it's Wiki. Wiki as in Wiki. All C's are hard K's. Oh, all C's are hard K sounds. They're never soft. Now, uh, speaking of Kaisar and his legion, uh, I actually do have something that I wanted to talk about kind of right out of the gate. Wait, you don't want to spend 10 to 15 minutes bullshitting in some weird found game? I don't know what it is about not having a whole day of work and beers and the night in front of me, but I really want to stay on track today. It's weird because I feel like we're full of a lot of... We're talking really fast. We're really excited. Yeah. We're not slowed down by alcohol or the drudgery of dragging our stupid heavy body through a work day. So you're right. Let's just lighten up with some capital G, capital C, good content. Now, the, the good content that I would like to 
explore today, and I asked you this question off air uh, to see if I could even bring this up, uh, but how familiar would you say you are with the television show DC's Legends of Tomorrow? Now, I'm going to give you a percentile answer, and I'm, and I'm going to walk you through this percentile answer. I know of the title. That's 1%. I am 1% familiar with this show. Uh, I was in very much the uh, the same boat not too long ago. I knew that the show existed. I assumed that it was canceled. Uh, to me, it's a real Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of thing. As in it keeps going and no one actually knows it's on the air? Uh, yes, it is something that I know exists, but I do not uh, know anything about it. Or if it still exists... Or if it was ever even made, really. Uh, so, I learned that this show exists through something that I'd like to show you now, Henry. And then we will continue the conversation. Is this one of those situations where I'm going to pause our recording, you're going to show me something, and then we'll come back and my reaction's going to be like, What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, so, to describe it to the listeners... Uh, I just showed Henry a, uh, a clip, a stinger of, I believe, <laughs> season three of, uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, in which a large telepathic gorilla, Gorilla Grodd, if you're in the know, <laughs> breaks into a dorm room and says, Barack Obama, it will almost be an honor to kill you. That's really, really weird, right? It it makes me feel like all storytellers need to up their game significantly. Like, someone wrote that. Someone, someone wrote, that. wrote that on a page. Gorilla Grodd breaks down the door to Barack Obama's dorm room and says, Barack Obama, it will almost be an honor to kill you. There's a r- weird spongy membrane that exist in storytelling especially storytelling that's like dc and marvel like popular culture storytelling where it's like we can reference the past but you can't really ever like try to do something in the present because it's just, it's too hard you, you know you're not going to predict what's happening as it happens so there's this weird spongy membrane that kind of like builds up ag- around cultural events that are recent and i guess Barack Obama just passed through <laughs> that spongy membrane because, you know, how, how many fiction things has he popped up in? Not many. Not many. Uh, now, this was really what brought a lot of people into season three of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I've never seen the show. However, upon seeing that, I took it upon myself to read a little bit more about it. And Henry, I have something to tell you. What's up? That's the least crazy thing I could find. Are you serious? That's that's the floor. That's <laughs> Telepathic Gorilla Grodd traveling back in time to the 70s to kill Barack Obama? Not the weirdest thing that show has going on. Is that the starting point? Is that is that the starter pistol? So that's season three. However, it's worth noting that DC's Legends of Tomorrow, from what I've gleaned... The entire trajectory of it is that characters who were not meaningful enough superhero presences in The Arrow and The Flash were given their own show, and the premise is, literally, 
no one cares enough about you as people or superheroes that we can send you throughout time to solve time crimes. Yeah, it's, it's the booster gold premise. So I, I want to read a couple plot points to you that I was able to suss out from the entirety of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, and I was going to do a thing where I tried to find ones and then like mix them in with uh, fake ones. So you have to tell me real or fake. which of these are real and which of these are fake. And I'll tell you at the end. Okay, wait. So I'm telling me at the end. At the very end? Yeah, so I'm going to give you a short list of things. Why can't you tell me real or fake in real time? Okay, I'll, fine. I'll tell you real, real or fake in I real time. I feel like that would be more of a conversation and less of a weird game show. Okay, so here's the first one. This one's a gimme. Uh, Gorilla Grodd tries to kill Barack Obama and Barack Obama's career is owed to the Legends of Tomorrow who encourage him to use his full name of Barack Obama rather than Barry. And also they say run, Barry, run multiple times. I'm going to say true because I saw part of that. Yeah, that is totally true. All right. That's totally true. Now we get into the unexplored territory. That was the free (laughs) space and bingo. Uh... Elvis Presley owns a death totem, which is resurrecting his dead brother. They must save him to save rock and roll. And his hair refuses to hold the shape of a coiffed pompadour until the death totem is destroyed. False. Real. What? (laughs) That one is real. Uh, What? It refuses to... His, his, his signature pompadour his look? His signature pompadour will not hold until the death totem that is uh, reincarnating his dead brother is destroyed. What? So that's so that one's real. Why? That one's real. Uh, do you have questions about that one? Yeah. <laughs> do you have answers? Not a lot. How? What? Okay, does that presume that for a time he was doing his pompadour and then he got this death totem... And the pompadour wouldn't hold anymore? It's hard to say. I like, like, what, is this a chicken and egg scenario? <laughs> I also want to say going forward, some of these, if they're real, might be spoilers for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> How I'm could not you know? Sure because I, I've read a lot, but I don't know where Ew. it takes place. Okay. Uh, so the next one... Uh, Julius Caesar appears during Spring Break 2017... Uh, in Aruba to steal a book on ancient Roman history to stop his own assassination and conquer the world. Oh, he's trying to pull a Biff. Yes, he's trying to pull a Biff Tannen. False, he can't time travel. True, he can time travel because they created uh, time anachronisms where people could shift in and out of time at will and Julius Caesar appeared in 2017 to steal a book about Roman history. To pull a biff. And had to be defeated. So he could know what sports teams win (laughs) so he could bet a lot of money and become a rich tycoon. So we've just got a few left. I hope that's a season finale. <laughs> that one you just said is like the, one of the season finales. I hope so. There's only three seasons. I could conceivably watch all of this show. Uh, so, okay. Let me see. This one's good. Okay. I'm just trying to mix them up just to mo- not to make them predictable. I feel like I'm on to your game. Uh, so... Uh, the Legends, which is the Legends of Tomorrow, and the Legion of Doom race to find the Spear of Destiny, which pierced the side of Christ. 
and the heroes enlist the help of J.R.R. Tolkien to find the body of Sir Gawain, who was buried with a vial of Christ's blood. Super false. True. What? True fact. That's a real true. Oh, and they went. They went to World War One. Found J.R.R. Tolkien enlisted his help to find the body of Sir Gawain, who was buried with a vial of Jesus Christ's blood, to stop the Legion of Doom. You know what that means? In the DC canon, <laughs> Christ was real and magical, and magical, yeah, and was stabbed by the Spear of Destiny, which now holds magical Christ blood powers. Yes, that is fascinating. Uh, so this one. Uh, is related to this one doesn't necessarily make it true though the legends go back in time and encounter a young george lucas who knows the location of the spear of destiny and they convince him to live out his filmmaking dream and make star wars false true i'm onto your game i'm gonna say something at the end and if it's true then all of my falses are are revoked uh, so this is all true. This uh, this George Lucas one, they find the Spear of Destiny, 100% this true, is, with the help of George Lucas. This is like the, the bad time travel episode in a long-running sitcom or something where it's like, hey, you know, you should really do the thing that you already have done as a joke, and it's, it's, so, it's so tired. It's such a... And it's the whole show. The whole show is one tired trope. Well, let me hit you with this one, though. Uh, so, a talking toy uh, called a Bebo, which is similar to a Furby, is left behind with 1000 AD Vikings. And Leif Erikson and the other Vikings discard all of the old guards to worship Bebo, making all future holidays Bebo holidays. False. True. And that's all of them. I knew it. You didn't make up any of them. I knew it. I was onto your game. You made up none of them. I made up not a single one. All of them are real. That means I win. <laughs> yes. Well, in the Legends of Tomorrow way, in that after everything's said and done, you then convinced yourself that you won, you won. I don't get it. Why is that a show? I badly want to watch it. It's this a, seems incredible. It sounds awful. It sounds really phenomenally good for a very specific reason, and that's because it's a DC property. Yeah. It's a DC property, and every DC property that we know of is achingly serious. And so this is the one where it's like, let's throw all of the absurdity into the same can... And when it explodes, we'll have a show. I don't even know. This can't be... Is this part of the universe of the... D it can't be. It's not a movie. Flash. The movies and the TV show are different. Uh, so they did, they're not doing what Marvel's doing, which no. is dumb and hard to do. Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's like, we can't really have a season because we're waiting for the next movie to come out. Um, so, the, yeah, DC, the WB and... Uh, I don't know who owns television shows. It might also be WB. For uh, I'm not entirely sure. They decided, uh, no, the movies are going to be separate from the TV shows for no reason. I mean, I think that's fair. And I can appreciate that in the DC Extended Universe, they're doing something that comics have been doing for decades, which is 
have multiple ongoing plot lines with not necessarily any carryover, except where it is convenient or interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, kudos DC for making that bonkers piece of shit. Uh, I also, believe me, there's a lot more. A lot more that was very, very more obviously spoilers than yeah. what I just said. Uh, yeah, there is a, there, a character... A bad guy is resurrected and has an extended fight scene to the song Return of the Mac, where he's killing people. It's nuts. This show seems like something that is absolutely worth something. I mean, if you're going to start your show with the premise like, okay, you heroes and associated power people, you rank so low on the history of importance that you can slip through time unnoticed and it won't have any ripple effects. So get ready to be the most important, most unknown group of heroes in the, in history. Legends of Tomorrow. Is this, I feel like this is DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy in a really bad way. Well, no, that was Suicide Squad. Suicide oh. Squad was their answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're like, what? God. Help me out here, second DC person. What makes Guardians of the Galaxy so great? Uh, there's, like, characters that get along. There's really great chemistry and music and cinematography. I think we could probably do the same thing if we had a movie that was aggressively dark, racist, sexist, meandering, and visually offensive. <laughs> also, it takes a good 30 minutes for the, the movie to actually start. Because every time we're going to introduce a new character, they're going to get their own theme song, slow-mo introduction, and weird little word thing on the side like it's a fucking Borderlands splash screen. You know, uh, Suicide Squad was everything that's wrong with Borderlands. And I don't care for Borderlands. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Legends of Tomorrow. Watch it if you dare. Or maybe you've already watched it. And the is Legends Booster of Gold in it? Is... Yeah, Booster Gold and, uh, fucking Blue Beetle, they're both DC, right? Yeah, they are. Okay. Was he in it? Because he's, like, supposed to be, like, a time-traveling superhero. I don't think so. Oh, no. That, what a shame. Like, that's his whole thing. It's, he's from the future. He, he's, a like, a janitor at the, the Hall of Heroes Museum. Mm -hmm. So he steals a bunch of shit, goes back in time, and he's like, Now I'm a great superhero. <laughs> Give me money. Oh, that's very cool. And I don't know anything about Booster yeah. Gold. And over time, he becomes a he becomes a better hero because he's like, okay, it's not all about the money. Oh, and he learns a lot of that through his good friend Ted Cord, aka Blue Beetle Number Two. What about Blue Beetle Number One? He died. Oh, of spoilers! Old age from time travel? No, just oh. from. The second Blue Beetle that, that people know mm -hmm. was the first Blue Beetle under DC. Uh-huh. So the first Blue oh, Beetle was owned by a different comic uh, company. And so he has his own line. But to separate the, the properties, they're like, okay, here's the second one. And then he was murdered by Max Lord in, uh, I think it was Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay. And uh, that's never been re that's never been retconned. Oh. He's always been murdered. <laughs> I, uh... Fuck DC. <laughs> I, uh, I remember reading some Blue Beetle stuff. I'm like, this seems cool. 
Uh, but that was my exposure to it. And I will probably never watch Legends of Tomorrow because I've got a lot, and I mean a lot of friends to watch. <laughs> dude, dude. And now Netflix spent like yeah. $31.1 million to keep friends for yeah. another one year. I'm, I'm so glad that they spent $30 million keeping a show that's not that good on Netflix. That has not aged well at all. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I watched a couple episodes of Friends and it is, uh, equally surprisingly funny and surprisingly unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, I, I've watched every episode of Friends probably a couple times over in my life, and I can't stand to watch it now. And I can't believe that they spent that much money to keep Friends on the air. It's just there's making, so much good stuff. There's so much better stuff than fucking Friends. You know what's really interesting about the whole Netflix model? They like spending a ton of money on a show to produce maybe 10 to 13 episodes or so per season. Why wouldn't they spend all that money on, like, a new sitcom? Yeah. Like a new 22-episode, uh, a season sitcom, Friends 2. I mean, if in it's... In Manhattan. like, Lost in Manhattan. <laughs> if it's anything Netflix does, though, their version of it would just, like, ring hollow because it tries too hard to be the Netflix version of that thing. Like Ozark tried to be Netflix's Breaking Bad. Yeah. But instead, it's just a show about Jason Bateman snitching on people. It's pretty good, you're right. Uh, no, I like Ozark, but man, it's not as good as Breaking Bad. Boy, is it not. And I, it shouldn't really be. It should try to be its own thing. That, that's that's the key to art. Jason Bateman and uh, whoever plays that lady, very good. Uh, Laura Dern. Mm, no. Nailed it. <laughs> no. Uh, she's much younger than Laura Dern. Yeah, uh, she's Laurie Dern. <laughs> but anyway, I dislike Friends and The Office. Let's continue. The Office. The Office. All right. Um, what's the, uh, wait, what's the theme song of The Office? Da, da, some, da, some kind da, of dinkle da, dinkle bullshit. Yeah, dinkle dinkle bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's like dinkle dinkle little <laughs> bullshit. Yep. John, hmm. let me rewind the clock for you uh, a little <laughs> while. <laughs> the year is 2018. Oh. The month is sometime in June. The universe's longest year, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> I said rewind the clock. More like, let's flip a few pages in the calendar back. It's around June-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, the White House has just uh, hired its newest staff member... I believe his name was Anthony Scarmucci. Uh, the Mooch! The Mooch. You remember, uh, man, when's this episode come out? This upcoming Friday? Yeah, this Friday. Man, remember when we still had a White House and a president and a rule of law? That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. That feels like so long ago. Yeah, I think the Legends of Tomorrow should <laughs> pop up and be like, hey, you guys need to get out of this country, you know? Everything's yeah. gonna go shit in a Gorilla Grodd's gonna... Be like Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin. Alright, um so Anthony Scarmucci. The Mooch! And he set a record. I don't know if you remember. Uh least time employed. <laughs> yes. Very quick turnaround for the Mooch. And what was that? Like eleven days? Something like that. Alright, so I have a new person. A new lowest record of employment. Okay. And not involved in politics. I just wanted to to get your mind and and the right frame of mind. I always like an opportunity to think about the mooch. Yeah, why not? Uh, we're not going to shift from politics to entertainment. 
This same set. thing if you ask me, it's all three reality show. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you it's fucking all, British? It's it's all three reality show. What the fuck? It's all a reality. Let me take you back. Let's turn. (laughs) I really like that character I found. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I'm going to take you back a couple of days. The day is December 4th, 2018. Uh, The the Oscars made an announcement. They they have found a host by the name of Kevin Hart. Ugh. I mean, fine. (laughs) Sorry. Two days later. And I, I, we're going to give a brief overview, and then we're going to zoom in on this. Mm-hmm. Two days later, Kevin Hart steps down. Okay. Two days. 48 hours. What happened in between? <laughs> That's this whole segment. Uh, wait. Are you going to tell me that this is like an entertainment version of my favorite crime series? Yes. The first 48? Exactly. <laughs> the first 48. Tick, tick, tick. Hour tick. one. <laughs> so Kevin Hart... Here's a piece from Vanity Fair. I've got a lot of different sources here. A lot of different writers. We're not going to... Nicole Sperling uh, wrote this one. Picture of Kevin Hart. Um, And it's funny because I had to try to search for an article that announced him as the host. All you can find now is why he stepped down. Uh So this was hard to find. Um, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves an Oscar host. Actor and comedian Kevin Hart will MC the 30... The 30. Oh, my God. The 91st Academy Awards telecast on February 24th, 2019. That is the day after I get married. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be in Vegas. You're going to be watching... You're going to be at the Oscars. I'm going to be at the Augers. Augers. <laughs> <laughs> the Legends of Tomorrow. They went back in time. They made the Oscars start... 60 years later, so this is the 30th, and they convinced them to change the name to the Augers. <laughs> the 30th Augers, hosted by Kevin Hart. And that's really all it is. Like, okay, the, the, um, you know, it, this is a little puff piece. It gives you a look into who Kevin Hart is, why he might have been picked. This article is a lot longer than it should be. And then another news article popped up. In people's feeds. It's, this one's coming from Deadline, written by Mike Fleming Jr. And this, this is, was really the next event that, that hit the news. So this was like an hour later. Um, this is two days later. Okay. Defiant Kevin Hart won't apologize, tells Academy to move on if it must. Okay. What happened? What's he defiant against? Why is he defiant? Why is he refusing to step down? And it turns out, in a similar vein as Roseanne Barr, in a similar vein as James Timothy Gunn, I don't know if that's his name. Okay. People, as soon as Kevin Hart was announced as the host, hit the Wayback Machine to look at Kevin's tweets. Oh, Jesus. Combed through Kevin's tweets Mm -hmm. and found some very homophobic material there. Uh, Kevin Hart used to do a lot of that. And also referenced is uh, his recently released comedy special where he does some of his questionable jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, we got tweets from Kevin Hart. This is from eight, not even eight years ago, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is this is from Kevin Hart. This is a quote. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to apologize for saying it. 
Yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, Stop, that's gay. Hmm. That's... There's gotta... Okay, we can keep running through them. I'll save my thoughts. Why does somebody's profile pic look like a gay billboard for AIDS? Boom, I'm on fire tonight. Why does Blank have so many pictures of me in his phone? What are you, some type of fat... Bleep? Mm. That That takes pics of small black men all day? Blank. You should. I'm, every time I say blank, it's either a really horrible word or somebody's username. So username. You should ask the question like this: How many gay men sweat when they wear dress shirts? Because real men don't. LMO. P.S. Bleep. Oh boy. These are the jokes I'm saying in air quotes. That people found. Uh-huh. Now, some of these aren't jokes. Yeah, some of these are just, uh, tacks. These, some of these are attacks to specific usernames. That's not funny. That, no, those, those aren't jokes. Uh, it, there's gotta be a tremendous amount of personal growth between then and now for that to even be slightly okay. But considering the article we heard earlier was a defiant Kevin Hart won't apologize, fuck that. Yeah. Well, so this all kind of came to light, and immediately he said, uh, I wish I could find the exact tweets. I think he deleted them or something by now. Um, So I can only find this right up by deadline. Uh, and his latest Instagram post and and headline and headlining a crisis that has been escalating all day. Hart essentially says that he has dealt with his homophobic statements in the past, and he's not going to let internet trolls win. He will stand his ground and not apologize, despite the Academy's persistent demand for an apology. He says that if the Academy can't accept that, they can replace him, and it will be no harm, no foul. So you get a new job. Uh Uh-huh. And that, and it comes to light, the public finds that you are a horrible, in the past, you said some horrible things to some people. And they say, okay, you can keep your job if you apologize. Mm-hmm. And your answer is to say, I'm not going to apologize. I've already dealt with that. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't keep that job. Yeah. There, there's an obvious parallel here, uh, talking of, I mean, we mentioned it by name, Guardians of the Galaxy and Tim Gunn. James Gunn? Yeah, James one of, Gunn. James Gunn. Well, one of them is a fashion, one of them is a movie. Uh, but James Gunn had really horrible tweets brought up from, for the most part, right-wing trolls on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, from quite a few years ago. And, and like, the, the content of his tweets were also not jokes. They were just really dumb statements. Yeah. And I think that they were dumb statements largely meant for humor, which I'm sure Kevin Hart's were, too. He's a comedian. Uh, but, uh, humor, uh, it's important to note, in no way absolves someone from wrongdoing. That's an argument that people have had for a long time, the assumption that if you say you were making a joke, it's okay. Uh, jokes hurt just as much as any other kind of language. The difference being that James Gunn apologized for them openly, was remorseful about them, 
apologized about them before they were brought to light. Uh, so there's a lot of personal growth between the James Gunn that wrote those tweets and the James Gunn that was being taken to task for those. Uh, the Kevin Hart thing, however, you don't get to make statements like that and be a member of the public and in the public eye and refuse to be penitent for awful, hurtful stuff you said in the past that probably... Uh, at least in small part, donated to uh, a kind of thinking that's harmful to people who are oppressed and persecuted on a daily basis. Yeah. And if you really have dealt with it before, why isn't your first instinct to, like, link to the apology that you as presumably did in the past? How else would you have dealt with it? I mean, I've had... I mean, I'm sure that I've had bad tweets, I've had bad live journals, I've had bad MySpaces. There was that time that I made a joke, like, why are people hashtagging this forest fire? And everyone responded with, oh, it's to find information, please get off this channel. So yeah, like, I've had some really stupid moments on Twitter. <laughs> so I think that, I think that if I had a stupid enough moment on Twitter eight to ten years ago where someone said, hey John, you said this horrible thing that you don't believe anymore... Uh, please apologize. I would say, I'm very sorry for that. That's yeah. not the person I am. Because you can't, unless that's the only way that Kevin Hart cannot say sorry for these things, is if he's still that person a little bit. I, I don't think in, in any way anything that he's done, at least that you've presented to me, exonerates him in the slightest. It gets worse. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, in this article from Variety, a lot of V names in this, in this. This is from Christopher Tapley. Uh, this is a quote from Kevin Hart. My team calls me. Oh my god, Kevin. Everyone's upset by tweets you did years ago, he said in that video. Guys, I'm nearly 40 years old. If you don't believe that people change, grow, evolve as they get older, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to hold people in a position where they always have to justify the past, do you. I'm the wrong guy, man. I choose to pass on the apology, the 39-year-old actor-comedian said in the video. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. This is not the first time this has come up. I've addressed it. I've spoken on it. I've said where the rights and wrongs were. I've said who I am now versus who I was then. I've done it. I'm not going to continue to go back and tap into the days of old when I've moved on and I'm in a completely different place in my life. Good words. Where link to the apology? Yeah, link to where you've dealt with it. Where? What are you talking about? Yeah, it, it it sounds like he's just refusing the platform to apologize. I also think it's kind of silly that he's uh, two things that I think are silly. Number one, he's a thirty-nine-year-old man, and these tweets were made less than eight years ago, so he was a thirty-two-year-old full adult who made these statements. Uh, yeah, sure, people evolve, but if you're 32 and saying shit like that, it's a much harder hole to climb out of. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to that, when he's saying that in reference to these tweets where he used uh, vile slurs, uh, threatened to harm his child for being gay, and overall just was a complete ass and says that he identified what the rights and wrongs were... There were no rights in that, Kevin. No. Nothing about that was right. No. None of those were, were good observations or jokes. They were just 
really gross, bigoted attacks on people. And that's just the ones that were that were written down. Like there's he does there's a whole bit where randomly in the middle of a comedy special he says, I don't wanna have a gay son. Ew. And it's not a joke. It's just a thing he says in the middle of his comedy special. And like that that okay, have your preferences, whatever. Why would it matter? He's still your son. Yeah. I I think that the uh and, and there are a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and fucking just the world who echo that sentiment. And it'll, a lot of it are just really gross dudes who are like, hey, if my son's gay, I'll kill him or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the worst opinions and feelings to have. Uh, and if you're the kind of person who feels that way, probably sterilize yourself. <laughs> uh, cause that's kind of harsh. You're not going to do any... Grow as a person or sterilize yourself, Kevin Hart. That's oh how God. I feel. God, please, just he already has kids. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, Put them up for adoption. No, and then sterilize yourself. So, to, okay, so he, he releases this little Instagram video. He says, "I'm not going to apologize because I dealt with it before." He provides no evidence to that. No article that I've read brings up like they just state what he said. They don't cite where he dealt with this in the past. I. I I don't know where he's dealt with it. Maybe in his personal life, which is fine. It's not publicized, but you kind of need to give something to the audience. Yeah. Two hours pass, Mm -hmm. and he tweets out, I have made the choice to step down from hosting this year's Oscars. This is because I do not want to be a distraction on a night that should be celebrated by so many amazing, talented artists. I sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for my intensive... Insensitive words from the past. I'm sorry that I hurt people. I am involved. I am evolving and want to continue to do so. My goal is to bring people together, not tear us apart. Much love and appreciation to the Academy. I hope we can meet again. Well, that's a step in the right direction. I guess. 48 hours. Hired. Tweets are found. I'm not gonna apologize. Two hours after that. I apologize. <laughs> yep. That's insane. That's uh that's a very quick turnaround. That's a big 48 hours for Kevin Hart. That's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to deal with. Uh it continues. Oh it doesn't boy. end. Uh I'm glad he apologized, but also uh to be fair, it is true uh that he says he I think he would be a bit of a distraction in the Academy Awards cuz it would be a real shame to be watching and be like and the best picture goes to I don't want gay son. Uh, you wouldn't want that. Yeah. I mean, ha, ha, okay, so Kevin Because apparently he can't stop himself from saying it. Kevin Hart doesn't step down. He doesn't apologize. He can, he proceeds to continue to, to host the Oscars. You know, his opening bit is gonna be centered around all of that drama. Yep. And it's just gonna taint. And I'm not saying that these people actually deserve a night where they clap for each other and get awards. Yes, I do believe in art. This whole presentation and gala thing, I do enjoy a little bit. Yeah, but it is kind of self-aggrandizing. Yeah, I don't get awards in my job. Believe in art, but when when you build an industry that just exists for the wealthiest members of an art community to just clap at each other for two to three hours, uh, maybe there's a problem in the system. So anyway, today, again, this all happened this week. The fourth was Monday. Oh boy. So he was hired on Monday, let go by Wednesday, step down, sorry. Real Solomon Grundy kind of week. And now on on Sunday, today, a new headline pops up. 
Nick Cannon defends Kevin Hart, calls out comedians for old homophobic tweets. Wait, so defends Kevin Hart? And does so by finding homophobic tweets from other comedians and just lifts them up to say, like, other people did it. Oh, that's not a good defense. Nick Cannon appeared to leap to Kevin Hart's defense on Friday in the wake of the night school star stepping down as the 2019 Oscars host. His defense, which comes amid criticism of Hart's past homophobic tweets, included calling out female comedians who had also used homophobic language on the social media platform. Taking to Twitter, Cannon38 wrote, Interesting, I wonder if there was any backlash here as he shared a 2010 tweet from Chelsea Handler that stated, This is what a bleep bird likes, like looks like when he flexes. The Wild and Out star also revisited a 2010 tweet from Ralph Breaks the Internet actress Sarah Silverman that read, I don't mean this in a hateful way, but the new Bachelorette's a blape. I guess that's from the show The Black The Bachelorette. Okay. Cannon later wrote, And I effing love Wreck-It Ralph. Cool. He then resurfaced a six-year-old tweet from Amy Schumer that said, Enjoy Skyfall bleeps. I'm about to get knee-deep in Helen Hunt. Hashtag the sessions. Cannon responded, I'm just saying, should we keep going? So, (laughs) Nick Cannon appears to defend Kevin Hart by finding three female comedians that used homophobic language in the past and drag him up. Yeah, so he he decided to defend Kevin Hart's uh, storied history of uh, threatening to attack and expose gay people by finding three uh, female celebrities who used a word in tweets. Yeah. I mean, this is... I think that all language has to be used carefully. I think that those are the least egregious examples of how you could possibly do that. Especially the Sarah Silverman and the Amy Schumer one. Uh, cause those were like barely anything. They're not targeted. They're, they're not targeted. And in fact, it seems to use the language, at least in the Amy Schumer one, to be like specifically ridiculous that that language is even being used. I, I think context is key here. In the context of Kevin Hart, the slurs that he used were in the context of talking about homosexuality. Yes. And these three comedians, uh, 10-year-old, 6-year-old tweets, they're not talking about sexuality. They're kind of using... There's a South Park episode. I don't know if you've seen it, where there's a lot of people on Harley-Davidson motorcycles, and the kids use a certain slur to refer to the motorcycle people. Mm -hmm. And all of the parents are like, you can't call people that, you know... You hate gay people if you use that term. And they're saying, what? No, they ride motorcycles. They're not gay. What does that have... What does being gay have to do with being the slur word? Yeah. To show that language is sort of evolving? hmm But I don't, we're at, language has a past. Absolutely. I just, think that just we Just don't use to, the word. Yeah, don't use the word. Absolutely. Um... And I don't stand by any of the uh, choice tweets at all. But let's say, let's come up with a word that can stand in for a second for the slur that we can't say. Okay. So what's a good word? 
like in general, what is a good word? No, just any word to replace that word that we can't say. I don't know. I don't. I don't even feel like doing that. Uh, let's say, and this is just to just to make a point. Let's say it's I don't know, uh, mustache. Okay, right? mustache. It, the the content of saying if my son is a mustache, I will kill him is much different than saying. I love this club sandwich mustaches. Very different. Yeah. Very different. Or like, you know, excuse me mustaches, or while all the mustaches are enjoying Skyfall, I'm going to be enjoying Helen Hunt and hashtag the sessions. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's targeted language. Yeah. When you're talking about the slur and context, it's worse than if you're randomly using the slur... Although you should not use the slur still. Yes, none of those are entirely defensible, but some of them are worse. I think at this point, if you are a comedian, delete your Twitter. Yeah, if you've got an agent and the first thing your agent does is not makes you delete all of your tweets, you're fucked up. Just delete them. I know people can say, oh, you can never really delete anything off the internet, but the action of deleting them is saying... I know I fucked up in the past. Here, let me atone for my sins by deleting the past. Is there a feature on Twitter where you can delete all of your tweets before a certain date? <laughs> I don't know. Because that would be great. Hey, yeah, it's like, hey, we want to, you know, we're in talks to hire you for the sleep position. A part of our writer is that you need to delete all your fucking tweets. Yeah. By the time that you're, you're, you star in this piece. And they're like, ah, oh, but I had this really good joke about Cinnabon from 2013. Like, sorry. They're like, if you want to host the Oscars, delete your tweets. They're like, the world changed in 2016. Any tweet that you made before 2016, get rid of it. Get rid of it. that <laughs> we, we, we've seen this now a couple of times. Roseanne Barr. With tweets that she was making in the present, mm-hmm. which is a little different. James Gunn with tweets he made ten years ago when he went through his weird shock humor phase, which just don't do shock humor. Yeah, shock humor is bad. And now Kevin Hart, where he kind of did this weird insult comic thing on Twitter, but using very targeted anti, not anti, homophobic language, and he has a, a persistent pattern of homophobia that makes it problematic. Yes. What do you do? Uh, Besides delete your tweets. Like what do we what do we do with these comedians or, or these actors, these these public figures that are losing jobs over the things they said on Twitter either years ago or today? Uh I think that we do uh not as Disney did, uh but I think that we do uh, what is only human, which is if these things continue to exist and they're brought up and then people are called out on them, give them the space to apologize for it. Tell people how they really feel about the statements they made and if they're, they're truly repentant, that's fine. Uh, or delete your tweets. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the most important thing is to give someone a platform. And I mean, these people have the most rarefied, gilded platform of any human being, which is American celebrity. And if they can't use that platform to genuinely apologize, then they're not genuinely sorry. We, we've seen so many examples of a Hollywood apology and we've seen everything from the not apology and Kevin Spacey's I choose to live my life as a gay man 
to oh no that was that was a fucking not an apology <laughs> it was a complete opposite of apology that was some incredibly bad apologizing yeah. to uh the self-congratulating louis ck which i'm sorry you guys looked up to me so much I'm sorry I didn't realize the power I held over you, I'm, that I am a god amongst men. I'm sorry that I was like this cool god to... I'm sorry that I was like a weird jerk-off Sith Lord. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. By the way, I asked every time before that I did it. Uh, no, Louis C.K., please go away. Ugh. What else? I mean, we've seen so many apologies. Dozens. Dozens of apologies. And so Kevin Hart tried a new bold strategy. I'm not going to apologize because I've done so. Although I will never point in a direction of like where you can read my apology. And then two hours later, apologizing. Yeah, uh, you, uh, I mean, it was clear and it should be to Kevin Hart, bless his tiny soul, uh, that... If he's given a platform to apologize for something as gross as that he refuses to, he loses work. Yeah. His career probably is at least somewhat irreparably damaged. I'm pretty sure his on-screen friendship with The Rock is now a little more (laughs) distant. Because The Rock, you know, hardest working, highest paid actor in Hollywood, can't risk his reputation by partnering up with Kevin Hart for another awful buddy cop film. It's really a shame that, uh, God, what was their movie? Observe and Report? No. They've had many, actually. It's, it's strange. They've had many. Okay, so let's say that they have, uh, let's say that they have a buddy cop movie called, I don't know, Big Cop, Little Cop. Uh, let's say that that exists. It's a shame that The Rock now has to go to every dollar store and find every copy of Big Cop, Little Cop and crush them into atoms with his hands. He, did, he Yeah, he just walks into the dollar store. He's like, hey, do you have any uh, copies of Observe and Report? Yeah. And they say, IL-3, sir. And he just walks into IL-3. Five minutes later, he walks out and says, you're going to need a mop. <laughs> and then the, the guy with the mop goes to the aisle and it's just shards and shards it's of like DVDs. Sand. It's like sand. Compressed <laughs> diamonds. And the rock's just like his hands unaffected. He's just doing this as he walks out whistling. I don't know. And then it's on. Tune. And then it's on to the next dollar store. Yep. Um. Alright. There's Observe and Report. I think there's an Observe and Report too. There's Central Intelligence. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Is Observe and Report really one of them? Right along. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. I gotta look at, wait, I, I gotta look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson's ID, ID, I, I, I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were in Jumanji together. Sure. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why someone won't apologize for something like that. I'll apologize for ordering my food wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I will apologize, it, like, you know that when you get lost in thought and you stare in one direction and there happens to be a person there and they're like, whoa, why are you staring at me? I'm like, I'll apologize for that and I haven't even done anything. Yeah, you didn't even stare at that guy for 15 seconds and said, if my son's gay, I'll kill him. Because <laughs> yeah. then you have a couple things to apologize for. To a couple of different people. <laughs> yeah, one of them being your son. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, the other being your agent. For the record, he didn't say he would kill him. He just said that he would smash break, break a, a dollhouse house over his head and say in his voice, stop it. 
That's gay. Yeah. Boy. Say in my voice. What the fuck does that mean? Who's, who's, whose other voice could he use? He's like, I want to say in my voice. My weedly, weedly little voice. Ah! I like to hate on Kevin Hart because I don't care for him. I've never liked him as a comedian or an actor. Although he was okay in Jumanji. Or a person, because I've heard he's actually not a good person to work with. He seems like he's good at working out, so I guess that he has that going on. I mean, his friend is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, (laughs) who eats an entire ocean of fish a day. If you, uh, if you walk in, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's, like, musk waft, your muscles grow. Yeah. It's, it's a endorphin thing or a chemical thing. Dwayne just, he just releases these endorphins that your muscles pick up on, and they're, they're kind of like bulge. Yeah, it's his passive buff. Yeah, he's got a passive buff. He's a paladin. <laughs> he is. He's got to be. He raises the armor class of everyone around him. Let's just make D and D jokes. Yeah, he's like uh, he's a real uh, 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 wizard. All right, I get it. You, I, I, th- I thought you would have D and D jokes. Never mind. We're uh, gonna move on for Scroll. Of, uh, protection. You could say he's a bard. He's not a bard, though. But bards have a thing where they they play and they can inspire courage. I've never seen Dwayne The Rock Johnson play anything other than the sacred ukulele. (laughs) I saw him play a ukulele once. The sacred ukulele? Yeah. That seems harsh. Okay. Uh, Wait, hold on. Let me take that again. Ukulele. There you go. That's how you say words. I forgot that he... Man. What's up? I forgot that that was his lineage for a second. Yeah. And then that was offensive. Wait, this is a great opportunity. So John just made a little gaffe, a little racially insensitive guffaw, if you will, on air in front of millions of people. And now we're asking John, John, will you apologize? Absolutely not. What? I Look, I've dealt with that. In my past, and I refuse... No, I'm very sorry. I wasn't thinking at the time, and I apologize. Your inclination to joke at that moment... (laughs) I think... I I think that kind of speaks to me why this keeps happening to comedians. Because they're like, this happens to them. Their instinct is to make a joke, and everyone around them is like... (gasps) They're like, don't, 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 don't. Don't joke. You can't say that. And for comedians who joke about everything, they're like... Why? I thought this would Why be funny. Why can I say that? Like, I thought this would be a funny bit. It's kind of like, you know, if you're one of those comedians who only plays to groups of friends, mm-hmm. as in you don't actually do stand-up and you're in no way an actual comedian. Like a first season Marvelous Miss Maisel. Or like me. Yeah. Uh, and so you, then you make a joke at something you think is funny and you get that that look from your friends kind of like... Yeah, that's so. Imagine that happening on a nationwide <laughs> scale, and you might understand where these comedians are coming from. I guess I don't want to understand where Kevin Hart's coming from, but I know where he's going to jail. The trash, also to jail. Why? Tweeter jail. <laughs> Tweeter jail. It's now illegal to make bad tweets. Ah, oh, fucking finally. I. Also, another thing this is kind of endemic of and showing is how goddamn hard it is to just tweet every day. If you don't have anything to say, you start grasping at racist, <laughs> homophobic straws. Yeah. And you're like, hey, my comedy bit, 
I did a little joke about this, so let's do that on Twitter. And now you understand why John Mulaney does not have a Twitter. It's uh, Twitter's really the worst thing to have if you're famous. Uh, so one of my uh, one of the things that I'm fascinated about. Wait, is... we tweeted at John Mulaney. Did you tweet at John Mulaney? John Mulaney has a Twitter. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm betting. Or we tweeted at someone whose name is just John Mulaney. Oh my God, he's got a Twitter. I. This is, look, here's the thing. Henry made a little gaffe. He made a little goof. And now, in front of millions of people, I have to ask, will you apologize? I just, I didn't realize how much power I had over John Mulaney and how much he looked up to me. And so I apologized for not understanding just how much John Mulaney looked up to me and using that that power I had over him to ask him to be on our podcast, to which he never responded. Also, I am sorry. Yeah, that's a really good apology. <laughs> uh, I think that you should go on Fallon. Oh, Fallon? You're absolved. Wait, here, here's Wait, what you I have should, to do. You I have... should randomly show up on, on, in New York and do an hour-long set that nobody asked me to do and people will clap. Yeah, weird. Louis C.K. just showing up and doing things no one asked him to do. Uh, <laughs> so here's what you, you get the Louis CK treatment. You take three months off, uh, show up on Fallon, take another month off, uh, start working, producing again, do some gigs. Then you're just back in it. But you still have a movie that will never release. Yes. That's the most important one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh... That might wrap it up for zero credits today. I think today. that probably wraps it up I for mean, zero credits. Other than one quick thing! Avengers 4 trailer came out. Oh! I don't watch trailers. Shit! The only thing I know about it other than watching it is... There's this really awesome tweet that's really bad where this guy's like, Hey, I own AvengersEndgame.com. I'm willing to give it up if you just give me tickets to the screening in LA. A man can dream. And... No one. No one cared. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I feel like that's internet squatting. It is internet squatting. Which is highly, highly problematic. And also he's trying to, like, bribe them for tickets, which is illegal, and I hope he goes straight to jail with <laughs> Kevin Hart. You're supposed to wait for them to contact you to be like, hey, uh, we want to... We want to use the domain you own. Uh, we want to be good about this, friendly about this. Uh, will you just fucking give it to us? Yeah, please beg on Twitter for the largest entertainment conglomerate to give you free tickets to a screening, you disgusting troglodyte. It's okay. In ten years, he's going to be nominated to be the Academy Awards host. And people are going to find that he owned Avengers4.endgame.com and ask for free tickets. And he's going to be like, look... The apology has really evolved. It's been ten years, so I apologize. <laughs> I'm flipping off the microphone as I say this. Ah, uh, the post-apology world. I think that does it for Zero Credits. Yeah, I feel like today's episode of Sober Sunday was pretty okay. Yeah, this is the soberest I've been podcasting in. Uh... It's weird, but my own voice is giving me a headache. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a real problem. Uh, yeah, no, this is the soberest I've been in, in quite, not quite some time. Just on an episode this for like did, four. Did we do one without beers after Fast and Furious? Yeah, I think we did a couple. Okay. But then we just got stuck in a loop of, uh, beer. Yeah, it's easy to get stuck in a beer loop. 
Yeah, it's so good. I'm probably going to start drinking as soon as you leave. You know what's great? We're going to now, since it's Sunday and it's not Tuesday night, we can tell everyone what interesting, exciting uh, social and physical activities we're going to be taking part in on this beautiful sunny weekend. I'm going to go... Probably play Red Dead Redemption 2 or Onrush, which is really good and is free on PlayStation 4 this month. Oh man, I can't wait to get out into the sun and then go walk back right indoors and play more Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the uh, the most ultimate game that ever came out for anything. Uh, come on and smash. Up and do a bash. Yeah! Come on and smash. It's a fun time bash. That's all I got. Okay. Well, with that, I think it's time to get into the plugs. All right, I'll take it from here, John. And today's social media plugs will be read by John. If you want to send us a tweet, which, as we've learned on this episode, is a very bad idea, and you should avoid Twitter at all times, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. I'm sorry. So if you want to send us a epithet, don't. If you want to send us an epitaph, make it your own. You can send us an email at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Send us uh, your old tweets kind of printed into a print your old tweets. Take a picture of them. Attach it to an email and send it to us. We're starting a scrapbook. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. We stream video games sometimes. Uh, we now are allowed to talk about that until another three months pass where we don't. So you can find us on twitch.tv slash zero credits. Make us a partner. It's getting crazy. Oh, we're on Spotify. I was running through, doing the accounting in my head for what we're on, and we are on Spotify, so if you search for zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses, on Spotify, you will find us. Uh, we're only available for premium listeners, that's not true. Uh, but all the Spotify year-end results for everyone's coming out, so if you haven't played 66,666 minutes of zero credits, you are no longer allowed to listen, you can like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. The iTunes reviews are the best way to get word out about the podcast until the Apple Corporation is no more. And most importantly, when all corporations are no more, the most important thing is that word of the mouth is the only way we can survive in this blasted, hellish wasteland uh, known as Obsidian's The Outer Worlds. Can't wait to play that. It looks real good. It looks really good. Yeah. I can't, my computer will probably die. Yeah. If it's like Just all the trying. other Obsidian games, it won't look as good as everything, but it will take twice the computer to run it. It'll be great. And I heard you can just kill that scientist whenever you want. Yeah. Are you trying to find our listeners? Our listeners? I was just making sure that you absolutely need BS. And you fucking do. Great. And from everyone here at Zero Credit Studio Apartment, we want to wish you... I said I wasn't going to say this anymore. Fuck. Bye. <laughs>